This is your NFL Insider Report on the Zone Sports Network. Now, joining the big show from Locked On NFL, Matt Williamson on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Yes, we talk NFL every Tuesday at this time. Out to the Zone phone we go. Joining us now our good friend Matt Williamson. What's going on, Matt? Not a heck of a lot. How you doing? Uh, we are doing great. Uh, answer me this. Were the Jets trying to lose last night? <laughs> uh, I, you know, the conspiracy theory, theorist in me thought maybe Belichick would want to lose that game so the Jets wouldn't get Lawrence for the future, too. I mean, I, I, I don't think so. Don't get me wrong. But it's kind of like the Cowboys lost to the Steelers. It works out really well that you play well. It's your best game of the year. You're making progress on the field. But let's not do anything drastic like win. Has uh, Bill Belichick suddenly forgotten how to coach football, or is this just a demonstration that you got to have the players and really the coach is important from a leadership standpoint but can't control all things? Yeah, definitely the latter. But there's more to it. I mean, you know, Belichick is obviously totally in control of that organization. And, frankly, I think he's – and not the slightest bit overrated at all in terms of his place in history, very well could be the best that's ever done it. But I think Bill Belichick, the GM, has always let down Bill Belichick, the coach, every step of the way. You know, I mean, and much worse the last couple of years, you go look at their drafts. Go to drafthistory.com and pull up the Patriots. They have not brought in quality players at all over the last two, three, four years. And I understand they pick late in rounds, but they're not the only team to do that. And they're not finding gems. They make a lot of picks. So I think, I mean, I'm not exaggerating. I think it's one of the five worst rosters in the league. I mean, they have no skill position talent. Their defense is getting slow. And and the COVID opt-outs haven't helped them either. But, man, they are devoid of talent right now. You mentioned the Cowboys, uh, Matt, and uh, you cover the Steelers closely, and they uh, they just got done playing them. The narrative coming out of Dallas still is that Dak Prescott is the um, the quarterback of the future and the franchise quarterback. Is do you believe them when they say that? Mostly, I mean, I think Dak's a great player. I, I think he's a top eight quarterback who deserves $40 million a year, is a true franchise quarterback, and there aren't many of them around. But $40 million a year takes a lot out of your cap, and he's coming off a catastrophic injury that's really hard for me or any of us, or even the Cowboys, to comment on, You know, especially because he's such a movement-based player anyway. I mean, is he going to be the same player post-injury? That's a, you know, yet another question. So, you know, they didn't take advantage of it as well as most teams could or do, but they, you know, they, they lived with having very little invested in the quarterback position and all the things you could do with a rookie starter. So if they end up in a position to take one of these top three or four quarterbacks, it wouldn't blow me away if they made that choice. I mean, if you had to ask me who's the Cowboys starting quarterback to open next year, I would say Dak Prescott. I think he's definitely the leader in the clubhouse, but I don't think it's a slam dunk. Matt, what do you think of the NFL owners passing this resolution that rewards teams for developing minority coaches and executives? Do you have any thoughts on that? I guess it has to still be approved by the Players Association, but do you think this will have any effect? It's a good question. You know, again, I'm in Pittsburgh, and the Rooney Rule is, you know, derived from the Steelers, obviously. Um, I I haven't really dug into the details of this latest proposition. But not to be crude or, you know, in in any way uh, insensitive, I don't know the teams should be rewarded with a draft pick or something along those lines. I think it's just, you know, hire the best guy, obviously. Maybe I'd live under a rock and – you know, don't understand how big the problem is. And I certainly don't mean to offend anyone that way. But um, if somebody picks up a fourth or fifth round pick just because they hired someone of color, I don't know that that's the right answer. 
Matt, who's the uh, – I asked you this last week, and, and maybe it hasn't changed, but who's the best team in the league right now? I think it's the Chiefs by a wide margin, to be honest with you. I mean, I think the Saints, you know, have won five in a row, just destroyed Tampa Bay, who I thought was the best team in the NFC one week ago when we talked. So I don't can't go on that bandwagon anymore. But I think the Saints are the best team in the NFC now, and that's noteworthy. Steelers are undefeated. Um, but I think Kansas City – is, I don't know, five, six, seven-point favorite over Pittsburgh or New Orleans right now or Seattle or anyone they faced. I mean, they're making it look pretty easy. I know they've had a tough game against Carolina, and they've stumped their toe against the Raiders, and the Chargers kind of got to them. And they do have some issues. Their offensive line is not great right now, but I just feel like they can turn it on whenever they want. Matt, who's your uh, who's your MVP at this point? Is it Russell Wilson or Patrick Mahomes or somebody else? No, it would still be Wilson. Although the turnovers the last two weeks are hurting his cause, and to the shock of no one, Mahomes is coming, breathing down his neck like gangbusters, as you'd expect. I mean, uh, and I said this all off season. I wrote several articles about it that if I were doing quarterback tiers. I think those two stand alone, and frankly, I'm not sure who the better player is. I know everyone in the world thinks Mahomes is the best player on the planet, and by no means am I cutting on him at all. He's amazing. I've never seen anybody like him. But Wilson's a little further along in quarterback development. I really think they're 1A and you know 1B in terms of the best players at the most important position. And then there's a decent gap between those two and everybody else. So, Matt, a big story around here being, a, you know, the Utah Jazz are in town and being a big NBA town is the agreement that the Players Association and the league is kind of hammering out to, to restart things. And a theme has been that the, the relationship between those two entities and the NBA has been really, really good and really productive. As uh, someone who doesn't pay quite as close attention to the NFL, how has the relationship between the league and the players gone during all of this? And are there any, you know, major issues that uh, could arise shortly? It's a good question, too, because I think what's kind of forgotten in all this is, you know, the the last, like, league event that I went to or did anything with was the NFL Combine. And the huge news then were, boy, is this, you know, is this CBA going to get worked out? And there was a lot of changes in this CBA from last. And that kind of just got all forgotten because, boom, COVID hits, like, as soon as that was over. So I wonder, you know, when we get back to normalcy, assuming we do, are, are some of those changes going to be, you know, something we look back on and say, boy, they, they weren't a good idea. But this isn't really what you asked. But I, I think even like having the virtual draft and all the, you know, as a former scout, less travel and fewer in-person events, I think a lot of that's going to stick, and I think that we that some of the things that we've experimented with as a league, as scouting, as coaching, are, are really going to make football better, you know, in terms of we had to make change. And that's true in, like, all walks of life. I mean, a lot of inventions and big changes for positive came during bad times when people had to change. I think we've learned a lot about teaching these players and maybe the, the free season – doesn't need four games and is as important as people thought. So in the end, and maybe I'm just an optimist, I think a lot of good change long-term will come out of things that have gone on in the last year. Matt, what do you make of the effect COVID-19 has had on the league? It seems like every team is dealing with one thing or another in that regard. And I saw that the owners approved that plan to expand the playoff field. Uh, by two teams, if uh, if games can't be played uh, due to yeah. that, what do you what do you what do you make of the way the league is handling this situation? I'm pretty impressed overall. I think a major theme, and this is true for you know last, last Thursday, I didn't know if that game was going to get played, but I think the show goes on. I mean, I think the NFL's made it pretty clear that they are not going to change games or cancel games unless it's drastic. They did some of that early in the year. I think that that's probably not going to happen going forward unless things are really, really drastic. I think it's pretty clear they don't want to have a week 18, you know, as makeup games and things like that, that, Hey, if, if you, if we do have to cancel one and one team only plays 15 games, 
Uh, we're going to go with you know the, their winning percentage to figure out who goes to the postseason. And just in case we screw anybody over, we're going to take an extra team this year. But in the end, <laughs> let's not forget, I mean, canceling games costs them money. Adding an eighth team to each side of the playoff makes them money. You know, like, they're, they're doing everything they possibly can to to make as much bucks as they can in this situation. They're not going to kill the golden goose. And in this case, I'm very fine with that because one of my biggest fears is the salary cap goes down next year because a lot of teams will have to cut a lot of high-quality players. And if it means, you know, changing the playoffs this year or whatever, not canceling games, and if they can keep the, the salary cap or about where it is today – I think the league will be a lot better off for it. That's my big fear is this off-season salary cap going down could really have a negative ramifications. I wonder which teams would benefit, which team would be likely to be in a position to benefit from if it goes up to 16 teams. Is there a team that comes to mind that you think is sort of a middle-tier hanger-oner who might be able to get in if that's the case? Um, you know, your Raiders that are close to you and the Browns and the Dolphins, I think would be a, a nice battle. Probably two of those three end up going. And if you're a team like Miami that a year ago looked like by far the worst team in the league, that's nice progress. I mean, just getting Tua and a young coach to a playoff game, even if you get blown out against the one seed or whatever, that would go a long way. I think Arizona's in that same mold too, where – it wasn't long ago they were the worst team in the league by a wide margin and, you know, a young coach trying to build something that if you can just get into the show and have playoff game, playoff experience for Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury and the whole organization, that it might really pay off a year from now or down the road. Matt, going back on the field here for a second, you mentioned in your uh, MVP answer, talking about that, we were talking about Russell Wilson. Well, the star of last week in the NFL was in that game, but not Russell Wilson. Josh Allen, 415 yards and three touchdowns, and he's done that a couple of times this year uh, where he's been over 400 yards and had three touchdowns. What what has he figured out in Buffalo that we didn't see the past couple of years? Yeah, it's really impressive, and – you know, the first month of the year, he was very much in that MVP conversation, cooled down a little bit, and then he was the better player. I mean, with all the good things I said about Wilson, Allen was better than him on the same field this past Sunday. And obviously, he's, from what I understand, he's an extremely hard worker, and I think the game has slowed down for him. He doesn't put the ball in harm's way. He used to have four or five plays a game where I'd be like, what are you doing? And now those have been cut down dramatically. Um, he was, despite having a huge arm, was probably the worst deep passer in the league last year. And it sounds like he's put a lot of work into his deep touch and accuracy, and that's starting to pay off. I think adding Stefan Diggs helps that dramatically. And one thing that it, it can easily overlook is when John Brown's been in there with Diggs, Allen's been really good. When, when one of them, or when Brown's missed time, he struggled a little bit, you know, and it doesn't seem like a big thing, but when his weapons are in an ideal situation, he's been carving up everybody and he's got as much ability as any guy in the league. Matt, is there a coach uh, that is impressing you this year, aside from the the typical names that come off the top of the list? Is there somebody you think uh, deserves a little more credit? One of my favorites to bring up is Brian Flores in Miami. We kind of touched on the Dolphins. They're way ahead of schedule, in my opinion. You know, people like to say, oh, all Belichick's disciples don't know what they're doing. They all fail. They all try to be Bill. Oh, this guy is building a quite the culture in Miami. Their defense is really hard to play against. They're aggressive. They're disciplined. They don't turn the football over. They're bringing their young quarterback along perfectly well, made a big-time decision to bench Fitzpatrick, and it looks like it's the right call. Now they have all these draft picks and resources going forward. I really like where Miami is from a coach-quarterback future you know, standpoint. Matt, thank you very much as always. We always look Absolutely. forward to uh, our conversations. Thanks, buddy. Absolutely. We'll do it again next week. 
Looking forward to it. Our friend Matt Williamson. You can follow him on Twitter, by the way, at WilliamsonNFL. He's a very good Twitter follow. Um, but uh, he works uh, for ProFootballNetworks.com, the Locked On podcast, uh, specifically Peacock and Williamson podcast. Make sure you get online and uh, and check it out. Uh, Gordon, you know, Jake, I, oh, sorry, I, go ahead. I wanted to run something by you real quick as far as the NFL goes. We talked earlier about the Chargers and all these losses they have. Is that good news or bad news? I know it's never a good idea to lose, but uh, do you think the Chargers are positioning themselves with a bright young quarterback for the future? Yeah, losing's probably not the worst thing in the world, probably uh, especially uh, if he plays well, you know, you can you can add some pieces. But, you know, the the Chargers are not that far away from being a pretty decent team. A yeah, that's of years what I mean. Ago. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, if they're if they're building around Justin Herbert, the more, you know, better players you can get, the better, I'd say. So I, I don't know. It's probably one of those glasses half full, glasses half empty kind of thing. Uh, you know, eventually he looks like he's got a lot of promise and he's going to yeah. figure out the winning part, I would guess. Just uh, <laughs> when a team loses these tight games, even if they were had the lead. I still don't think that's necessarily all bad news as, as as we're talking about setting up for what might come next. I know you want to build a culture of winning and everyone talks about building that culture, but you got to come close usually before you, you get there, you know? Well, I got no problem with it, particularly when they're going up against my Raiders. <laughs> Here we go again. Who, who you just heard How many times they say right there? You? Gonna make it's the not, playoffs. They're not your Raiders. They're Lloyd's Raiders. You're just borrowing them. They're, they're my guys. Did I just saw this quote uh, come across uh, my timeline, Gordon? Uh, good timing because we're talking NFL football. But this is absolutely hilarious. Did you see Bill Belichick's quote on resigning as head coach of the New York Jets? No, I did not. Here's the quote. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. One of the great moments of my career. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that is incredible. Uh, that is just funny. savage. Oh, resigning that job right after I took it. One of the great moments of my career. Wow. <laughs> I wonder what's going to happen with him. Because when you get used to winning the way he has and having nothing but really great teams or certainly competitive teams, year after year after year after year, and then you, I don't know where that team's going. Do you? I mean, just like Matt said, it seems like they're, they're, uh, they have a, a deficit of talent. How, you know, how are they going to be able to rebuild that thing, or will Bill Belichick have the patience to do that? Well, rebuilding in the NFL um, can be the the fastest of the sports if if you. But do it's kind it of his fault but... if they don't, because he has so much say. Well, he kind of. In a weird way, he should have considered going out with Tom Brady just because, and you've seen these stories going around the interwebs talking about the Patriots the last few weeks. They really put themselves in a bind with the salary cap, basically kicking the can down the road uh, to be competitive, and they're now paying the price. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've seen this throughout the NFL in the salary cap era, right? I mean, you know, the, the 49ers famously did it in the Steve Young years where they just kept uh, doing these backloaded contracts, backloaded contracts, and pushing the salary cap penalties uh, down the road. But eventually, you know, that comes home to roost. What what I thought Matt said that was interesting is is Bill Belichick, the GM, has never done Bill Belichick, the coach, any favors. I don't I don't know if I've, I 100% agree with that because isn't, isn't Bill famous for, you know, uh, uh, um, selling high and buying low? I mean, doesn't he have that reputation for he's willing to move off of his high-priced players and and move on to these kind of uh, younger, you know, Kyle Van Noy-like second-chance type players? Uh, I mean, I think uh, Kyle Van Noy, that move alone uh, shows a lot of Bill Belichick's savviness as a, as a general manager. I'm not so sure that, that I 100% am coming along with his take there. He is bad well, in the draft. He's right about they, that. He's bad in the well, draft. Right, they've picked they picked up guys who fit what they were looking for nicely, uh, especially like you said, guys, you call them second chance guys, guys who may have been undervalued somewhere. Right, and he can utilize that. But now it seems like that they've lost so many that they, 
And, they, you know, to their draft picks, it's not like they're picking from an advantageous spot every year. You know, I, I just wonder about his patience, uh, how long how long he'll he'll uh, be able to uh, take on the, the batterings uh, without being well equipped for it. You know, he's so he's I mean, some people say he's the best NFL coach ever. Mm. Do you know uh, that uh, that Tom Brady, his cap hit for the Patriots is still thirteen and a half million dollars? Oh, really? I mean that's that's what they've done is that right now they've got all this money on the cap that they're you know not even using. I mean they're not paying Tom Brady that in a sense, but it's counting against their salary cap. You don't think the Patriots would draft a Zach Wilson, do you? Well, you brought that up the other day. I don't know. It, uh, I think that depends on how many uh, teams are in need for a quarterback and how high the Patriots are drafting. Seems like most teams are in need of a quarterback. <laughs> I mean. You know. Well, I don't think Cam Newton's the solution there, if that's what you're no. asking me. But if they, you know, if they've got the third pick, would they spend that on Zach Wilson or someone else? Trevor Lawrence is automatically the number one pick, isn't he? I it mean, would appear so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And why am I going blank? The the kid from uh, Ohio State. Yeah. Is kind um, of the consensus. Justin Fields. Fields. Thank you, Austin. Yeah. Little little brain uh, lapse there. Uh, he he kind of is on most draft boards as the second, but then from there, I've seen Zach Wilson as high as three. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we're live from Sound Sleep Medical. We're going to talk a little Masters, talk a little golf coming up next with BT, so stay tuned. Uh, number to call here at Sound Sleep, 801-285-9731, 801-285-9731. And uh, Melissa jumping on with us once again. And we love coming out here because helping our listeners with their health is pretty cool. It is. And if there are listeners out there who are, say, age 40 or over, and they haven't had a sleep study yet, they really need to do one. You know, we reach certain ages and we start to do certain screenings. Doesn't mean we necessarily have that problem. It's just a way to make sure and find out. And if you're 40 and you haven't had a sleep study done, you need one. And coming to see us is a really easy way to do it. Um, let's talk a little bit more about the, the study because I bet there are a lot of folks out there who think they may have this issue but are hesitant to do anything about it. We've talked a lot about the, the mouthpiece itself and how great it is, but you guys make the sleep study really easy to find out if you need it. It's really easy. You know, right now, sleep studies in hospitals and labs because of COVID are either shut down or they are booked out for right. four to five months. Right. And we can send you with a little simple kit the very day you come to see us. Um, it, it's not bad. It's, it, the equipment includes a chest strap you wear around your chest, a pulse oximeter on your finger, and a little nasal cannula in your nose. It's really not bad. You get to sleep at home in your own bed and have your results the very next day which is huge right now. That is huge. As much as I love going to a strange place and being, you know, fixated with wires overnight, as fun as that is. I right. mean, this, this is way easier. It's than way that. easier. And as simple as it sounds, it's a very, very comprehensive study. You know, we've talked about how health insurance will pay for this. This is the sleep study that they're going to require of you. Find out if Sound Sleep can help you, 801-285-9731, 801-285-9731, a custom oral appliance to help with sleep apnea. And uh, you guys will do that for, for free and then a little something, right? That's right. Call in right now. You'll get a free sleep consultation. And then on top of that, we're going to enter you to, into a drawing for our Better Sleep gift basket. And that includes the Minky Couture Blanket purple pillow, and a $100 Amazon gift card. 801-285-9731, 801-285-9731. Plus, everybody around here is so nice. Everybody's so great. You, we try. You take great care of everybody. It, it's because we are all sleeping well. Uh, exactly. You're all well-rested. Great point. All right. Thank you, <laughs> Melissa. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. That number again, jot it down, 801-285-9731, Sound Sleep Medical. BT jumps on, coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. It's 
Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for your Uinta Golf Masters update with our boy Brian Taylor. It's brought to you by Mountainland Supply, Zions Bank, Hoops Vision, Siegfried and Jensen, and Black Desert Resort. Uh, of course, you hear him every Saturday morning on Real Golf Radio alongside Bob Casper. He's Brian Taylor. What's up, BT? I tell you what, this feels good to be back on with you guys talking the Masters, although it is absolutely killing me not being there uh, for the first time in 20 years. I know that sounds a little bit, um, you know, uh, spoiled, but uh, it's 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 killing me watching this. And uh, and yet at the same time, I'm so excited that we're actually going to have the Masters finally. Couldn't agree more, BT. Very strange feeling as well that it's in the fall. November just doesn't feel like uh, the Masters, does it? You know, Sunday is actually going to finish up at 3 o'clock Eastern, and CBS is going to have their Masters final round coverage leading into their Sunday NFL coverage. So, I mean, that's, that's a little unique. Usually we're, you know, Jim Nance signing off the hardwood of the Final Four and, and then right into the 18th Tower at Augusta. It just seems like it's, uh, you know, again, along with a lot of things this year, it's just, it's just odd. We were wondering uh, about uh, the other day, Jake and I were talking about Phil Mickelson's talking about driving down Magnolia Lane and how it brings back all these memories for him and whatnot. If if you could, would you please describe the feelings of being around that place uh, outside the golf, just being there? What's it feel like? Yeah, I loved what Phil did, you know, driving down there. And it's great that he's, you know, still feels that way. And, and that's the way I feel every time I walk through the gates, I tell Bob and, and well, and when we leave, I tell Bob, I said, look, I treat this as this is going to be the last time I'm ever going to be here because you just never know. Right. I mean, they could uninvite like this year, we didn't make the media cut, I guess, to be one of the few that are in attendance. And so you, it's, it's a special place, you know, Gordon, uh, one of the things, the best way to describe it is, so many things in life are hyped up. There's, uh, you know, a, a lot of expectations that are set really high for, say, an upcoming blockbuster movie or a particular new uh, amusement park attraction or a destination that you're going to visit. And oftentimes you get it built up in your mind to the point where when you actually experience it, it's somewhat disappointing because it can't live up to the hype. You could hype it up as much as you want, and it still lives up and to the hype and exceeds expectations when you show up at Augusta. The first time I went there was in 2000, and I remember I took a stroll down and just turned the corner from 11 to where you could finally get a glimpse of Amen Corner, and I just stopped, and, and I was just standing there looking at it, taking the whole thing in with my you know, my own eyes for the first time, and, and I looked around, and there were like four or five other guys just standing right next to me, and we were all kind of like little kids you know, looking at a Christmas tree, you know, Christmas morning for the first time or something. It's, it's just funny. Some guys would actually kneel down and sort of rub the grass with their hands. And it's a, it's a reverent place. It's a special place. It's a, it's a coming together of the past, the present and the future with, you know, having a venue that's hosted the greats of all time since night, at least since the thirties in the game, as well as today's best players. And then, you know, the amateurs are, are featured there as, as well, so kind of representing the future of the game. And it all comes together in this, you know, throwback, um, you know, type of a place where you just soak it all in. It's a, it's a great feeling. BT, have they made any uh, changes to the course this year? You know, the, 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 there's a lot of – I think it's going to play differently. No major changes. You know, one of the things that we've talked about for a couple of years is the fact that Augusta National bought that property behind the 13th tee from Augusta Country Club, which neighbors Augusta um, Augusta National. And um, they, they haven't done anything to lengthen that out yet. The biggest difference really this year from normal in springtime weather is the fact that, that it's a Bermuda, natural Bermuda grass that grows there, and they overseed it with rye during the the cooler months and so when we see it in april it's overseeded rye completely green and uh they do that in september time frame and so for it to be grown in and they nurture it all the way up to april so it's a little spotty so it's not going to be quite the same surface that the guys are used to hitting off of i've heard adam scott tiger woods Bill Mickelson, other other players in their interviews talk about how it just plays a little bit differently, and there's still a little bit of that Bermuda that's poking through, and so that the Bermuda's a lot stickier than than the ryegrass, and so some shots that you would hit that you would expect to hit and release might grab, and so 
you're going to see a little bit of a different uh, approach. Guys may be hitting a few more flop type shots or pitches in there than the the bump and run shots that they usually hit and and, and play the roll and slope. So um, same golf course, a little bit different conditions, and then they're supposed to just get absolutely hammered with rain, you know, up to a couple of inches in the next 48 hours, and so that's gonna that's gonna make it uh, play longer certainly and and a little bit more soggy out there. I saw that Tony Finau was saying that that's what he was hoping for. He wanted it to play exactly that way. By the way, Brian, what are the temperatures like down there at this time of year? Is it is it cold? You know, one of my friends uh, that does radio there in Augusta says November is the best time to play golf. But he also recognizes that they're just coming off stifling heat several months of it. And so it feels so nice to get out there and play with a sweater on. Typically, it's a little bit cooler than April, but I'll tell you what, this week, uh, aside from the rain, you've got temperatures in the 80s for most of the week and then dipping down into the mid-70s with lows in the 60s and upper 50s. So it's not exactly, uh, you know, cooler. We expected that you, you know, and sometimes you could get a a cold spell that comes through where you're in the 40s and 50s and, you know, the wind's blowing out of the north and it changes things, but it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. From a weather standpoint, this you know, aside from the moisture they're supposed to get, uh, the, the temperatures uh, ought to be pretty similar to what you experienced in April. BT Tiger uh, apparently got a little emotional talking about his, his win last year. It's obvious that that, uh, that meant a lot to him. You know, there are a lot of doubters wondering if he would get another one. Uh, interesting to see uh, that he's a human being. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that machine leaked some oil a little bit today, didn't it? Um, yeah, it was. That was. I mean, that's great, right? It's great to see some human side. Uh, Tiger's been one of those guys that, you know, the whole time I've covered him, um, you ask him a question and he's he gives you a, an answer. He looks right at you, but a lot of times the answers aren't really. They're real. I don't want to say shallow in a bad way, but they don't get very deep, right? He doesn't really let people in his life. Well, you know, his life kind of blew up, and everyone knew a whole lot of stuff that he didn't ever want it. I'm sure people to know, and probably didn't ever think he would you know, be experiencing. And, and so I, I think that humbled him a little bit. And he's experienced in life. I, I think a lot of us, when we have kids, uh, we become a little bit more nostalgic and, and a little bit more emotional and be able to do things and have uh, really special moments with our children uh, that they can experience with us is, is different than just doing something for yourself. And, and he shared that today. I mean, it is a cool story, right? I mean, everyone remembers the image of him coming off in 97, winning the Masters as a, just a kid and, you know, bid that big bear hug from his dad, Earl, and then for him to walk off and do the same thing with his son, Charlie, you know, he's, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, and that was what, from 90, 22 years apart. That's, that's pretty cool. So BT, uh, is Bryce DeChambeau going to go out there and play like Hercules and is going to make a difference? What, how do you think he'll fare? I, I, uh, it's hard to say. I, he, from what we saw at Wingfoot, he should, you know, if he's, if he drives it that straight, we could see him do some silly stuff out there. Um, I'm just I'm I'm really in awe of the of the way he's hitting the ball. You know, it's it's one thing to go out and hit it long, it's another to hit it as straight as he is right now. I mean, he's doing some he's doing some unheard of things. And I was talking about this this morning with DJ and PK. But normally in sports, we really celebrate when athletes are able to make themselves bigger, faster, stronger and do things that amaze us or set records or things we hadn't seen before. And in golf, we're a little bit resistant to that. It's like, oh, whoa, wait, whoa, wait a minute. You're not supposed to be able to do that. And so it's, it's a little bit of an odd uh, dichotomy, I guess, between marveling at what he's doing and also being a little concerned for what this might mean for the game and how this might change the game. So um, I, I'll tell you what, if he drives it as, as straight as he did at Wingfoot and obviously putts like that, uh, he should win because he has a huge advantage. Length is always an advantage, and um, he's he's been putting as well as he's been driving it, and that's he doesn't get all the attention for that because nobody bolts up and tries to look like a football player to play, you know, to see how good their putting can be, but he's been great with the flat stick, and um, he's I'm, I'm anxious to see. I'm not picking him, and I don't know if it's just because I'm part of that, you know, old school golf thing that doesn't want the game to change necessarily, or if it's just I, I mostly think it's when you come in that brash to a place like Augusta, I almost feel like maybe it's a little over the top and that the golf gods will humble you somewhat. But, hey, look, if he goes out and plays and does that, you know, karma be damned. He's gonna, it's going to be a show, and he's going he's gonna to be on top. 
BT, thank you very much as always. Look forward to you and Bob hanging out on all the shows all week. Hey, we have a little something for you guys, too, on uh, on Thursday. We're bringing in a little taste of the Masters. I don't know if you heard, but we actually are bringing in some of the egg salad, uh, the pimento cheese, straight yeah. from, from, from Augusta. So, Gordon, I know you're kind of offside, but if you can make it in the studio Thursday, man, we've, we're, we're bringing it in. We've ordered it in from the Masters, and uh, we're bringing it in to our friends at the Zone Studios. Sweet. You guys are going to be able to have a little experience. Uh, so I'm wow. looking forward to that. Look at BT. Yeah, taste of the masters. Thinking about us. What a stud. You know, Brian, I've always liked you. Well, if I can't be there, why not be there and join it with you guys, right? Hey, hey, BT, just just for our listeners' sake, tell them how many years you've been doing Real Golf Radio now. (laughs) How long has that been going? Uh, 21 years now uh, we've been doing the show, so. Yeah. Hey, Jake, by the way, this is the part where Gordon gets all sentimental and talks about how when I was his intern, all uh-huh. that kind of stuff, which which I love it. But, you know, I think probably everyone's going, yeah, yeah, we've heard this. But no, it's I coming. Gordon Gordon is, was important to my career. He, he was always uh, he was a great uh, mentor and, and helped me out early on as a, as a young uh, broadcast enthusiast. So uh, I do appreciate that. And by the way, Jake, you're killing it. Um, I, I keep meaning to text you. You're doing a great job on the big show. So. Oh, man, I appreciate that, BT. That means a lot. And and you know what? I can uh, echo your feelings about Gordon because he was that way for me, too. So well, exactly it's one, it's one thing it's one thing to try and help guys out in the beginning. It's another when they just their talent takes over from there. And that's the case with both you guys. So anyway, that's See what that? I See, I mean, I'm always going around. People are like, Man, that Gordon guy, he's, he, he's a toughie, huh? you know, and I'm like, and you know, Gordon's a great guy. I like him. I'm always out there defending you, Gordon, and now people can see there's the soft side of Gordon Monson right there. I love it. Thank you, BT. Thanks, BT. You're the man. Talk to you later. All right. That's our friend Brian Taylor, Real Golf Radio, every Saturday morning, and uh, particularly around the majors. Those guys uh, are just amazing. They do a great show. Yes, they are. If you're a golf fan, it's a, it's certainly a can't miss. So well, it's like it's out. like uh, it's like we were talking about with them. They've been there. I mean, Bob has been all over that place. His dad, a former champion, and uh, of course Brian has played the course, and they have a real good sense of what the Masters is like there. Oh man, I can't wait to try the Masters potato salad. Wow, <laughs> is it potato salad is amazing? Are you a it potato is. salad fan? Yes. I love it. I do too. Yeah, uh-huh. potato salad is so good. In fact, I just found out that we're having fried chicken for dinner. Maybe I'll get some potato salad. Oh, do you do you are you preparing it yourself, or are, are you going to go out and get some? Or what? although you know, I do have a fryer and uh, mm-hmm. are capable of frying chicken. But no, we are we are going somewhere else. Oh man, that that sounds good right about now, doesn't, doesn't it? Uh, is uh-huh. isn't fried chicken like one of the few things that always sounds good? And you don't have to, yeah, I mean, if you eat it every day, I don't know how that's going to go for you. But, uh, I mean, every once in a while, man, that uh, is well worth it, I think. Oh, I think it's been I a long time for me. I need some some of that. <laughs> You're saying with all the uh, the uh, diet-conscious uh, people in your life that, uh, uh, that fried chicken isn't often served? No, I don't think uh, a chicken, but uh, fried chicken like what you're describing? Oh, man. Uh, and does it sound like I'm trying to invite myself over for dinner? You can come over if you want, buddy. I, I'd be glad to see you. I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. Come on down. It's been, it's been a I'll while. I'll take care of you. We'll, we'll, we'll be uh, elbow deep in uh, fried chicken and potato <laughs> salad. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Oh, and you should see what my three-year-old can do with some fried chicken. There's going to be grease all <laughs> over the house tonight. <laughs> uh-huh. We're going to be wiping oh, fried man. chicken fingerprints off the wall for a month. It'll be great. Uh, just make sure that you have uh, you have uh, you're properly equipped right there at the place. And then you can, after she's done eating, then you just uh, scrub it, scrub it her down with uh, the proper, uh, you know, whatever, whatever. What, what works these days? I don't what kind know, of wipes I... work? Oh man, I'll, I'll tell you your normal baby wipe, uh, Gordon. And not to to get off on a tangent here, <laughs> but even you know my three year old is not in diapers anymore, and we still use zillions of wipes. Wipes have become a staple in our existence. It's amazing how often they're convenient. Huh? Well, good. You're going to need it tonight. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up next. We have the Not Sports Report, and of course, it is Tuesday, and that means only one thing: Craig Bowlerjack will be on the show at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. So stay tuned. Live from Sound Sleep Medical, 
Call them. Uh, let them help you with your sleep apnea. 801-285-9731. It's a custom oral appliance. It will change your life. 801-285-9731. Sound Sleep Medical. Uh, more next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now your not sports report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Come and listen to my story about a man named Jed. A poor mountaineer barely kept his family fed. And then one day he was shooting at some food. And up through the ground come a bumbling crew. Boy, that is... It's a big show. This one goes out to the Ute Shasta trailer on a on a Total Request Tuesday. Songs about uh, or bands from L.A. Hey, we had BT on in the last segment. Uh, let's do this real quick, Austin, before we get to the Not Sports Report. It's the Uinta Golf Masters giveaway. Uh, we do this with uh, all the majors. So be caller 12 right now, 855-340-ZONE. We're going to assign you a golfer. If that golfer wins, you're going to win the brand of putter the winner plays with. Uh, it's all brought to you by Uinta Golf, serving Utah golf since 1971. So 12th caller right now, 855-340-ZONE. It is time for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used uh, vehicles in inventory. Check them out, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? Uh, we're going a couple different places, but first, uh, did you say gopher? <laughs> if I kill all the golfers. <laughs> Isn't that the line? If I yeah. kill, did you say gopher or golfer? If I kill all the golfers, who's going to play? Uh, I said uh, golfer. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, first of all, today is the 245th birthday of the United States Marine Corps. Wow, that's pretty cool. I was thinking about when I saw that, uh, just last night I was watching... You know how I love those uh, shows uh, from World War II and other historical shows and whatnot. And I was watching a show last night about the island hopping that went on during World War II. And the Marines were called upon to do a lot of that stuff moving from island to island. And so much sacrifice on the part of young men who were uh, in the U.S. Marine Corps and so many lives uh, lost and sacrificed uh, by, especially the Marines, but others as well. But man, 245th birthday today of uh, the U.S. Marine Corps. That 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 should be duly noted and appreciated, Jake. Here, here, couldn't agree more, Gordon. Absolutely. And then uh, there's this. Uh, the uh, did you see the picture of the Cincinnati Christmas tree that's going up? I did. It, Somebody had to get fired over that, right? What? What's? I mean, I saw a picture of it, and uh, it's one of those deals where if you feel sorry for a, 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 a kind of a scrappy, kind of a shaggy-looking Christmas tree, then this is your Christmas tree for you. But maybe it's emblematic of 2020 and how difficult this year has been. Well, just to describe it to people, if you haven't seen it, it, I mean, it's the scraggliest Christmas tree. I mean, it's it's missing parts like it's I mean, there's no amount of lights or tinsel or decorations that are that that saving this tree. I can't I can't believe that they what it made it off the lot or wherever they got this thing from. I I mean, to me, it looks like they strapped it to some kind of lumber truck up on the top of the mountain. (laughs) And by the time they got down to the city. The wind had blown all the needles off one side. Yeah. <laughs> that's, and they that's said, really no, that's good. what it's supposed to look like there. Uh, yeah, that's a really good description. Uh, the, why, the, the guy with the saw had one too many. And, and <laughs> was, he was swinging it around on a rope. That's was how a he little cut thorough. it off. Yeah. He was a little so, thorough. So, so what should we, how should we take this? A good thing or a bad thing? Oh, it's terrible. They should take it down immediately. Kind of a... Well, well, I mean, but what about the trees? What about the trees that aren't the perfect tree? I mean, I'm guilty as the next guy. First of all, I get a tree every year. Are you? Have you moved to the uh, to the fake tree, Jake? Ah, oh, we got a real one last year. Was which was a, a step ahead of didn't get one the year before. I don't. I don't <laughs> Austin. Know. Austin has uh, moved into the uh, artificial realm. 
Austin's big into into decorating, though, and this is a what? priority. I, I just don't. Well, hold on, hold on. Well, on. Whitney's into decorating. There, that's accurate. Yeah, right. <laughs> our our family, we we do a little decorating, and now that Sadie's a little older, maybe we'll we'll get more into it. But I don't know. If I have a vote, we're not getting a tree this year. Why? Uh, it's just needles everywhere, and it yeah, could burn Sadie, down the house. And I don't for the kids. You know. Right. You know, she can open her presents uh, without a tree just as easily. She's going to have a good time. She'll be fine. Jake, you're nowhere near as hard a guy as you make it sound. You're going to have that that tree and you're going to have it for her. I'm telling you about my vote. I didn't talk about her vote. We put up our little tykes (laughs) plastic tree over the weekend. I said, that's all we're doing. I saw that picture. Austin, nice work. It's it's already put away, though, because the two-year-old was like throwing it around the house. So... (laughs) Like dragging it up the stairs and throwing it over the ledge. I was like, ah, no, no more Christmas tree. Anyway, I wanna, I wanna shout out for the for the scraggly trees out there, you know, because they. You better, with that opinion, you better be buying a scraggly tree yourself. I know. <laughs> I, I'm guilty as the next person. I try to find the the best tree I can. Wait, my wait, wife, you're, you're my feeling... wife Lisa makes Lisa, Lisa makes fun of me because I. I go through every aisle looking for the perfect tree, you know, and then yeah, how about this one? And uh, let's look some more, you know, and how about right, this one? Clark. Uh, I know, it's like that. <laughs> I have made the mistake of buying too big a tree, and, uh, and we know how that works out from uh, from uh, the, uh, you know, Christmas vacation movie. So Let me get this straight. So you, you are feeling bad for scraggly Christmas trees that I, you uh, yourself ignore. I am. I, I am. See. I see. And, and I see. It makes and a lot when of I sense. Walk, well, no, I walk through that lot, and I see those trees over in the corner that nobody's going to buy, and I feel bad. And then you walk right by them. <laughs> and you well, buy a different Christmas tree. <laughs> one year, one year we spent, we uh, were up at, at Sun Valley, and we, there was, uh, we, we were staying in a house up there, and we hadn't really gotten a tree. And so on Christmas Eve, we were walking around, and, and uh, we we saw a lot, and and so we stopped. And I said, uh, "How much for that tree over there?" And it was like ah, about nine o'clock in the morning. And they gave me a price, and I said, "Okay, I'll be back." So I came back uh, around noon, and uh, I said, "How much for that tree?" And they'd gone down a little bit in price, you know, because you're getting close, getting to nut cutting time, you know. So uh, we went back about three o'clock. So we were sh- shopping and walking around, seeing all the sites and whatnot. Came back around three o'clock. <laughs> the guy dropped the price down. It was like five bucks or something. And I said, "If I come back in two hours, will you pay me to take it away?" What's the most you've ever uh, dropped funny, on a Christmas tree? Funny story. I thought that was kind of funny, cute. Uh, the most cute. I've ever paid. The most I've ever paid for a Christmas tree? Yeah. How many thousand? <laughs> no, no, never done that. Take this, but, Rockefeller Center. No, but it, it does get up there when you get a bigger one. Yeah, it is rather pricey. But I, I love the natural tree. I mean, I, I, I'm I still a sucker for that. Have it come into the house and have it smell like Christmas tree. I, I yeah, like a, that. A well-placed candle does the trick. <laughs> Without I'm still, the cleanup. Get, I'm still uh, getting over you driving back and forth to Sun Valley seven times on uh, Christmas <laughs> Eve to to shake down a tree salesman. No, we were in. We're staying at Sun Valley <laughs> in a house, and then we went. Anything we, better to do than go back and forth to a tree lot? No, we to try was, and was, swindle was, some no, dude out of a. No, of, it was right there in the plaza area. We were wandering around shopping and. We're going back for some reason. No, we just were walking by because it was there. Three times in a in a day. Yeah, yeah. You just walking walking in circles, Loopy. Have you have you never been to Ketchum? Have you never been to Sun Valley? You know, it's it's there's an area of shopping that's centrally located, and we were just wandering around. It was like walking up and down Main Street in Park City, you know, and there happened to be some trees for sale right there. Hey, there's so the tree walking. lot again. Let's go like, in there. <laughs> uh, we ended up buying it. We got a really good deal. But, uh, yeah, be careful out there. And hope everyone has uh, has good luck finding a tree that looks better than Cincinnati's. You but know, I, do some, feel, I do feel bad for the, for the ugly trees. Some tree salesman can't feed his kids because Gordon, <laughs> Gordon wouldn't buy a tree at 9 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well take it now. I mean... Well, 
Well, why do they cut? Why do they cut all those trees down? I mean, you know, I mean, if they're not, to, if they're not going to sell living. them, I know. Okay. But if you're not going to if you're not going to sell them, because nobody wants the ugly ones. I've seen. I've waited. I've waited till the last minute to buy a tree. And you look at all those poor trees there that have been cut down that aren't aren't being at least enjoyed. You know. You know what gets me in the Christmas spirit? Seeing how far I can work that tree that guy down on the price. <laughs> I mean, nothing screams Christmas cheer like, man, I, if I put the screws to this guy, I bet I could get it down another 15 bucks. Let's see what we can do. Uh, yeah, but when you're shopping all day, you know, you're, you're unloading you know, a lot of, a lot all right, of money, you know, for the local economy. We've got Bowler coming up next. And, and Melissa is here with us again from Sound Sleep Medical, 801-285-9731. I showed Melissa a picture of that Cincinnati Christmas tree. That thing's in that's rough shape. That was a sad tree. Yeah, it was a, it was a sad-looking tree. you got to take that down, right? You can't leave that I, up. I think the city should maybe find a good home for that ugly tree and get a new one. That good home's called Kindling. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but Gordon does feel bad for those trees. I feel bad for our listeners out there who uh, are struggling with sleep apnea, and they may not even know it. It's true. A lot of people are out there undiagnosed. They have sleep apnea, and they don't even know it. And right now, with what we're dealing with COVID-19, it's really important to get a good night's sleep. Sleeping well and sleeping enough is strongly linked to your immune system. If you're not getting enough sleep or not uh, good enough sleep, you're more likely to get sick, especially right now wow. if you're exposed to a virus. So, so for those listeners maybe that aren't uh, familiar with the oral appliance, this is basically something very simple you could do that's not taping hoses and a machine to your face. It's a much, much easier alternative for treating sleep apnea and snoring. It's custom made. We have a 3D scanner in each office. It's a quick little camera we put in your mouth. Take an image so it's the perfect size, it's the perfect fit for you. And it's such an easy fix, but it goes such a long way. You wear this in your mouth just at night, it will get your oxygen levels up. It will keep your immune system strong, and that's so important to all of us right now. Man, sleep, it matters a lot. I mean, the amount of sleep you're getting and all that. Overall health is so important right now. You're right on the money. It's all over all of the national media channels right now. Honestly, how much sleep affects your immune system. Besides, it just makes your day a little happier. You just feel better. Yeah. You really do. It's it's 100% true. 801-285-9731. And maybe you think you've got sleep apnea. You suspect it. You guys are making it really easy to find out if this will work for you. That's right. Call the number. You will get a free sleep consultation in one of our six offices. And that is a no-obligation, free sleep consultation. You can even try the oral appliance with a 30-day money-back guarantee. But on top of all that, we will enter you into a drawing. When you call the number, it will be for our Better Sleep gift basket, which includes a minky couture blanket, a purple pillow, and a $100 Amazon gift card. 801-285-9731 and you mentioned the money back guarantee that might not be you know insurance actually could pick up a lot of this we're at the end of the year now might be a great time absolutely you're meeting your deductible or you've got hsa flex spending accounts you need to use it's a great time of year this qualifies for all of that awesome 801-285-9731 jot it down 801-285-9731 sound sleep medical thank you melissa thank you all right, Bowler joins us next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.